Hello and welcome to LCC Media's podcast titled In-Depth Conversations with T. Adeyemo. In this episode, we talk to Albert Knobs about the soul-stirring and sexy work he does at Alberta Activist Collective. Enjoy listening. Here goes a happy new year. Welcome to LCC Media's new monthly podcast called In-Depth Conversations with myself, T. Adeyemo. We hope to bring you the juiciest behind the scenes news and coverage of our business and politics. I guess today is neither a politician or businessman. So this means we're not boxing ourselves in. The keyword is juicy. I promise to bring you the juiciest conversations ever. I guess today is a warrior of common people. He's a hero, a vigilante, if you will. He operates the Alberta Activist Collective and he, he describes himself as an independent public servant. If anything, this guy teaches us all to look after one another. He's Albert Knobs and he joins us to have a conversation about what he does. Welcome, Albert. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you so much. That's incredibly gracious. It's uh, always really humbling to hear people speak in this way. It, 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 kind of scares me in some senses the things that have happened over the past year and the things that i've been a part of and sometimes i have to stop and shake my head at all of it where did where did you all start for for those who do not know you first question did i get my intro and what is it do you do at alberta activist collective well i mean you're not the first person to use the uh use the term vigilante but i mean it's not something i typically swing towards immediately but the fact is our administration this province um from provincial to municipal is just has missed so many opportunities to help Albertans through crisis especially for the last 20 months and there have been so many cracks that people have fallen through that all these disparate activist groups have essentially helped fill the gap yeah especially when you look at outreach teams and the, and the greater Edmonton and Calgary areas. And all these groups generally just needed help. They needed advocacy. And on top of that, we have so many other organizations that are just being widely ignored by our government. So effectively, I saw an opportunity to build something that would help to augment and platform a lot of these organizations. And with some help from uh, a few friends that appeared along the way, we managed to build something pretty cool. And make a bit of a mess along the way. The mess is we love mess sometimes. You said I saw an opportunity. What did you do before? Well, I mean, before uh, before the yeah. pandemic, I was actually a chef for about ten years. I had a business um, just going into the pandemic, which unfortunately didn't pan out uh, as some would expect. And after that, it was uh, you know quite a lot of soul searching. And in the midst of that, it was. Well, political unrest and getting punched in the face by anti-maskers. And at that point, I realized that I did actually have something to give beyond um, whatever the next step that would keep me going would be. And, and that was activism. That was that was opening my mouth and making a mess and and getting messages to people. And I found that I had a bit of a knack for it and that the candor that we needed in this this time of political ambiguity when you don't really know what the truth is being able to hear candor is something that resonates with people i think people are hungry for it 
that's that's the opportunity that I speak of. We all look for common ground and reason to prevail along with compassion in our legislation, and none of us get it. You realize the government's not going to do it, and that's up to us. So I, I'm just wondering here, activism, are you doing the job of the NDP for them? That's, uh, I wouldn't say that, no. The NDP have done a fairly good job as um, the opposition in this administration, as, at least as well as they could be doing. We have a, a, a majority government in this province that vilifies opposition, whether it's activists, whether it's politicians. We only need to go back to the earplugs incident in our legislature to, to really remember just how little these people care about the Albertans who didn't vote for them. The NDP does the best job that they can do, operating within the rules that they have that restrict them. But people, people don't have the same kinds of restrictions. That's why I think the collective made a lot of sense. You want to have a resource that people like mine can use to make these things more cost effective, to hit harder, to be louder. And so far we've managed to offer our services to multiple organizations throughout the province and it's working. It's growing slowly, but it's growing. Okay. So several things that when people ask you questions like, um, you're doing this because you ate the end, you, you hate the UCP. Cause when I talk to UCP people, if you are not with them, you're with the NDP. How do you respond to that? And well, it's pretty simple, actually. Um, our politics in this province is toxic by definition. It's, it's completely nuts. If you look at the NDP from an objective eye, you realize that they're really more centrist than anything else, but the toxicity, uh, in our in our politics is such that if you're not conservative there's not really an option for you except the ndp everything else seems to be well frankly kind of insane i i reject that that whole concept we should demand better politics but at this point the ndp seems to be the, the best thing we could hope for under these circumstances i wouldn't trust the alberta party that's just milk toast old progressive conservatives that don't really know what to do now that they don't have a home. Mm. Talk to us about the people you work with, the different collaboratives you, because that's what I find refreshing about your work. You are not the sole vigilante. You do have a group. You have different groups, not-for-profits, charities that yeah. help you do what you do. Primarily it's outreach. Um, at least these days, uh, God, why do I even say that? The first thing we did was protect our province um, with the uh, test trees, isolate rallies we had in the summertime. Um, probably most of your audience will remember the UCP government decided to pull all testing and tracing and isolation routines before the uh, fourth wave that people were warning us about. Uh, the stampede party was over and things were looking not so great. And we had 15 days of constant protests all over the province. That was actually organized by the or by the people who would form the Alberta Activist Collective. Oh. Um, and those organizers as well, combined with some of our resources, form Protect Our Province, the uh, organization that provides the broadcasted um, updates from doctors and engineers and other um, healthcare professionals relevant to the topic. And they've been doing broadcasts now multiple times a week. That's probably been, I'm not really sure how to measure success, but they're the, one of the greatest things we've done. 
but the nitty gritty stuff after that, when protect our province is doing their thing, it's the outreach teams, it's bear clan patrol, it's the water warriors, boots on ground. Um, and there's other groups like don't down you find that exhausting. I see all the physical work you do in minus 28, minus 45 temperatures. Are you not cold? Yes. You know, just yeah. to go back to I am. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all things considered pretty lucky, right? Okay. Like I've got a roof over my head. The company truck is pretty nice. Like, it's, you know, you get a good pair of long underwear. You can, you can, you can do just fine. You have to look at it with perspective, right? These people are living in this all right, right now. And if you have the ability to affect change to help the people helping them, you should do it. So we provided logistics. We've moved donations. We've brought Bear Clan patrol to uh, lo to site location uh, like three times a week or more for the past few weeks. Um, we've just been sort of chipping in because of the lack of supports they get otherwise. So I'm just wondering where all this energy will be channeled to if peradventure this government changes at some point down the line. What do you find that you do next? Yeah, well, see, good government isn't one of those things that just takes a vote. It's not as simple as that. Our politics numbers are so toxic right now. And there are sentiments that are so far beyond reason and compassion that we have to work together to create a better political culture in this province. It's not something that we could just simply vote for and hope for the best. Huh. We could get we could get an NDP majority and we still need to be able to hold it to account. We still need to be able to know what is important and what's actually costing people their lives and their livelihoods, as some people would like to say. Getting good government is a full-time job, especially when it's this toxic. And every Albertan should expect to have to put in a little bit of effort do you feel i you know i was reading your TikTok feeds and i wonder it doesn't sound to me like you're a capitalist and what what is an e for you like how do you pay for your gas internet water yeah. that's I, a great I question i don't see what you get from all this energy well the funny thing is, is that you, you introduced me as a person who wasn't a businessman and the fact is i kind of am the alberta activist collective though we operate in ways that are extremely charitable. We have a revenue system. We have a service that we provide. Everything that we do, literally everything we do is funded by that. We created a notification system with an engineer down in Calgary. And this allows an organizer to submit their message for a rally or an event or an advocacy opportunity. And that message gets broadcast over the entire database over a set area. So you got a nurse's rally in Calgary, People in Calgary can find out about it, things like that. You join this notification service for 20 bucks a year, or it's free if you're low income or you're working in harm reduction. But the point is that revenue goes to the equipment that these organizers can then requisition. We have sound systems and power supplies that can run anywhere for hours at a time. We, and all of this stuff is essentially publicly available for organizers that work with us in good faith. So it's its, its own change engine i guess the bigger we get the more members that join this system that become members of the collective not only does the advocacy opportunities reach a bigger audience but our reach our physical presence grows in fact we have a plan that takes us all the way up to fifty thousand members and that includes getting things like physical locations and depots food processing facilities for groups like the water warriors and bear clan patrol so they don't necessarily just have to operate out of somebody's garage whenever they you know have to. We're talking about creating infrastructure with this system 
that could serve the entire public. Sorry, forgive me, Albert, for asking you this, but none of what you said included um, maybe money to uh, to put food in your own fridge. Where does all that come from, like to buy cigarettes, um, to get um, beer at the end of the day? Where does that come from? Take care of your family. Are you yeah. paid a salary by Well, the fact is, I put all of my resources into building the AAC. Um, I sold my car. I liquidated what remaining assets I had. I went through bankruptcy, actually, um, earlier on in 2021 due to the loss of my business and everything that would happen, that happened, oh, right. which uh, was hell. Yeah, it sucked. But uh, And it was one of the reasons why I found myself questioning what I actually had to offer people. Um, but as it stands, I still had physical things to give, and I put it all into the AAC. And now it's sustainable enough that I draw barely an income. It's essentially poverty, poverty income, but it's income and it's enough to get by. And eventually as we grow, maybe I might have a uh, personal revenue that is something that's not terrible, but in the meantime, that's kind of secondary. I get enough to get by. I, I'm just, oh, sir, were you going to say something, Albert? So I get enough to get by and that's, that's it. Basically I wake up and I do this job. That's all I do. It sounds to me as very noble, your dad, your mom, where did you get this from? Where did this idea to um, be this altruistic, where did you get it from? I always wanted to. <laughs> I mean, are you your own hero? We always want to be a, a hero or whatever, but I, I always had these strong progressive ideals, these, these convictions, these things that I wanted to profess and do, but I never felt that I could actually make a difference. 2020 and 2021 took away a lot of the things that didn't really matter. Oh, wow. And when that was all gone, I realized that what was left was valuable, that I could do something with this. So I, I tried. I just tried. We can all do this. Everybody can do this. You just have to No, that's that's not even true. I, I I'm I'm not even that's not even correct because frankly I live a life of privilege, right? I get to depend on people like family to help me. And when I had nothing else left, I took what people gave me and used it to help others. I'm not sure. It's hard to think about like how I justify doing these things for me it felt like i got punched in the face by those anti-maskers six months ago and now it's just now i'm here hmm. sorry this question is really hard for me to grapple with it makes me want to cry as well when you say um all i have is what matters like 2020 2021 took away everything i i haven't sure that to ask you where is it businessman that went into bankruptcy, I, I, I feel that pain automatically and I can begin to see how you go here. Yeah, it sucked. You start to question the value of what a, what a person's worth, right? Are you just there to generate revenue or are you just there to... Mm. I was a chef for 10 years before that, right? I'm not exactly a stranger to to hard work, that sort of thing. I've even got my journeyman certificate and all of that. I hope maybe one day I can use that again. 
um, for the sake of some public good. But watching my fellow cooks in this disaster headbutt their way through this crisis made me question what's, what the point of it was, right? The number one occupational death for COVID-19, at least for a while, there was line cook. And I couldn't forgive that. That was one of the reasons I chose advocacy, because I felt that there was greater value in making a stink about just how terribly we've been treating some members of our society that we supposedly depend on as essential workers. And yet we put the weight of this disaster around them. I felt that the best thing I could do would be to advocate for them. Do you feel appreciated by the people you advocate for? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's one of the reasons when we uh, when we heard about this opportunity to get a large supply of the N95 masks brought into the province from Vitacor, we decided to just jump on it and put a fundraiser up immediately. We, we had a high bar for it. 25 grand is not a small amount of money. Um, but we knew we could do it because we've been doing this enough to know that the audience wants some good stuff to happen in this province. Our traction as an organization, our social media presence tells me that people want this stuff. People want to see good people doing good things in the province of Alberta. And if you give them the chance, they're probably going to help, right? So you stick that yeah. in front of somebody and boom, $25,000. There it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I need to know about how people feel about this. I'm going to ask you a question you asked yourself on TikTok. So you've raised, am I correct, that $22,000? Nope, we hit uh, $25,000 well just done. over, actually. Yeah. Oh, well done. Um, well, is the UCP going to support you anyhow? Will they maybe pay or match your funding? That'd be pretty cool. Um, I haven't formally reached out to them. We haven't formally reached out to them. We, we probably should, but... I'm not convinced that the administration would possibly lift a finger. We're still dealing with um, Alberta Health Services and so on, not accepting um, uh, aerosolized transmission as being a primary motivator to change their masking policy. I sent my father to EMS, or sorry, to the ER last week for a, a kidney stone. And sitting there with an N95, the first thing they do is they take it off and they give him a surgical. Well, thanks, guys. It's a waste of time because this, our, our government organization and institutions are so paralyzed by ineffectiveness and you just sort of have to work around them. Mm. Um, something tells me if you maybe formally reach out, someone in the cabinet would, um, would speak kindly. That's just what I feel because what you're, you're doing- You're probably right. Yeah. You're probably right. And I shouldn't just dismiss that out of hand. Okay. Oh, yeah. So this this question is based around the retweet on Twitter. And um, I'm just curious. I, I get what you feel. I get a sense of how you feel about the government provincially and municipally. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are with other departments like education. Do you feel maybe um, enough weight is being pulled? Are you happy? Or, or what might you be advocating about? Elsewhere. Well, I mean, when it comes to education, I would I would certainly be advocating for a lot more teacher supports right now. We have teachers who are paying out of pocket to make sure that they're they have the uh, HEPA filter or something like that, just because the administration isn't going to step it up for them. 
we're sending all of our kids back to school, right? In this in this pandemic shit, pardon, pardon my language. We're sending all of our kids to school in this whole business, but the Alberta Education Ministry isn't stepping up to support them. I, I don't have a lot of faith in the education ministry. I mean, Adriana Lagrange lost that vote of confidence, what was it, 99%? And routinely during this crisis has made choices that have cost people misery, sometimes their lives. I haven't seen a lot of good faith out of this administration from virtually any ministry. In fact, I would be challenged to find one. Everything they do is motivated by their political interests, how they can move what they want forward. It doesn't occur to them that their job is to administrate on behalf of people for people. That that has never really seemingly entered into their mind, which is why you see so much effort put into things like issue management and PR control, right? It, it becomes less about managing the event as it is managing the fallout. We haven't seen leadership out of our administration during most of this crisis. They've been off doing their own things. I mean, the education minister has that rotten curriculum. They're still trying to force down the teacher's throats. Their priorities haven't been to handle the crisis. And it, it makes you just sort of want to give up the entire administration as a whole. Albert, just listening to you, I feel like the burden of this entire province is carried on your shoulders. And where do you see hope and what do you do for your own mental health? Like, this is so passionate for you. Where do you, where does your relief come from? That's a loaded question. I mean, for me, this, this is therapy, I guess. I mean, I haven't always exactly been the most uh, healthy human being. I've been through uh, recovery. Um, and I've had my own, you know, demons and nightmares and stuff like that. But nothing gave me as much purpose and as much hope as doing these things. As exhausting as it gets and as stressful as things become. And as much as I feel like I'm sometimes walking on eggshells, um, I've never felt more confident. I've never felt more like. I'm doing what I sh what I should be doing. So I'll just I'll just keep doing it. Okay. What are your plans for 2022? Growing the Alberta Activist Collective. We're only 300 people. Do you have right more now, men now? Do you have more men now than you do women? Did Alberta no, listen no, to we're uh, we're still we still have that enormous gender bias, and that continues, and I think that's going to continue for a long time. And you I know, mean, that's... anyone looking at anyone looking at you, sexy Albert would want to join. I signed up immediately, and I saw maybe two or three TikTok. Twenty bucks, I'm giving it to him. Oh, you should have seen me in my cooking days. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> but um, the truth is, is that. We're the only thing that 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 grows this organization that makes us do the big stuff besides raising a bunch of money for for mask events. We're not a charity. We can't do that all the time. Everything we do is based off of our size. Right. The bigger we get, the more members we have. The crazier this can get and the wilder we can we can play out across this province. We can make political engagement something that 
can be so overwhelming to our administration and so positively engaging for our population that they can't help but change. So where else are you guys? I know you're in Calgary, you're in Edmonton. Are you outside this province yet? No, no. Our system, the uh, the digital notification system we've designed out of Calgary is something that we've, we're strongly considering exporting. Um, it wouldn't be hard to do. The whole thing itself wasn't all that difficult to set up. Um, but for the time being, our focus is Alberta and the two major cities and, well, the corridor. We're trying to get more of a presence up in Grand Prairie and Fort Mac, especially with um, trying to get these N95s up to marginalized communities out there. But for the time being, we're, yeah, we're Alberta focused 100%. I want, I want you to end this by telling us a story. Um, it's an inspiring human story you've seen because I live on the news. That's what I do, but I'm not on ground. I don't see what you see. I, I wouldn't know what goes on out there. So could you tell us an inspiring, an inspiring story, something that, you know, would inspire our audience about the work you do? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I had a friend and, uh, her name was Julie. Julie, um, encountered me at my um protesting early on when i was doing the the 2086 shock stars on the legislature grounds this was last spring when the administration was considering the stampede and opening up and all that wonderful hubris and she came down with these big sunglasses and i didn't really know who she was um, i'm not much of a socialite um, but she just sort of sat with me and um, helped out. And she came back again, actually, to, to visit me a few times. Um, in fact, the first time the administration wanted to arrest me for occupying the legislature grounds, Julie Rohr was there with me. Um, the day of the uh, Sky Palace dinner fiasco, she came down with uh with a table a tablecloth and gold cutlery and she helped me set up that prank table on the legislature grounds we had it set up there for the entire day and i, I didn't know who this like i didn't know the incredible personality that she really was the, the giant that she really represented and how big of an impact she'd had on the city and she was just in my life for this short little time um, before Julie passed away from cancer. And I couldn't help but feel afterwards that I'm not much of a, a I don't like to say I believe in God because I, I think that that is kind of arrogant. I like to allow for the possibility, but I, I definitely felt like there was some greater involvement when uh, I met Julie Rohr. Oh, wow. My sure rest in peace. You, the more you talk, the more you're sounding like a savior of sorts for Alberta, and the more um, impressed I am by the life of service you've chosen. Where can people find you if they do not already know where? How can well, people get involved in your movement? I mean, sometimes you'll see us driving around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least the Edmonton area. 
but everything everything's routed through the website. Our our notification system is all through AlbertaActivistCollective.ca, and that's got our that's got our vision. That's got our intentions. That's got how the system works. That's got our values. And as things grow, I'm sure we'll just get more and more obvious as time goes on. I want us to just be commonplace. I don't even really want people to talk about us that much. I just want the Alberta Activist Collective to just be around. But if you want to help, come and join up. It's 20 bucks a year. Of course, if you're harm reduction or if you're low income, you can get in for free. Just email us at questions at Alberta Activist, or sorry, questions at activistalberta.ca. But yeah, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and to some extent on TikTok. I love TikTok. I uh, guess I get to see you shirtless. I'm just a oh, silly God. girl. <laughs> I'm just so silly. Anyway, <laughs> if I were the Pope, I'll make you a saint, Albert. You, <laughs> you're an extraordinary man. And for first interview this year, I think that was really phenomenal. Thank you so much for your Thanks. time. Thank you for staying with us. We ask you to subscribe to our podcast uh, by visiting our website, ladiescorner.ca. We also ask that you kindly follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where ladiescorner.ca. In our, in our second episode next time, we have Councillor Karen Tang, and she joins us to give us inside scoop about what goes on at the city of Edmonton where she works as a counsellor. We hope you make it a date with us. Bye.